Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Tim Gale is the General Manager GM of the Game Animal Council of New Zealand. The Game Animal Council is a government organization that reports to the Minister of Conservation and is an organization that has just come out with a new hunter-friendly platform called Better hunting. Better hunting is designed to create new hunters, give them all of the information that they need from skinning, butchering, looking at maps, navigation, safety, medical training, you name it. They've partnered with 24 organizations to bring forth this platform that is free for anyone in the world to engage that is going to create better hunters. And I asked him, like, why did you do this? And he said, well, they've got a growing immigrant population that is not traditionally hunters. They're not surrounded by family that hunts. They don't have friends that hunt. So, but they are keen to go hunting. And here is a platform that is now designed to help them become better hunters. Love the concept. Had a great conversation with Tim. Tim and I have been interacting for four and a half years now. And uh, it's about time that I had him on the podcast. So enjoy. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my, is... My, does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. All right, what you don't know 
is that I just received a video of the work that we did in New Zealand being talked about in a parliamentary setting in Australia. Fascinating. What was that, Robbie? It was uh, the work that we did with uh, Cam Speedy and the Seeker Foundation and the Food Distribution Program in Lake Taupo. Incredible. Yep. And what was the response to it? Oh, it's, uh, the guy is pushing for, uh, for a sort of Hunters for the Hungry program in Victoria. You know, don't leave the carcasses to rot when you helicopter shoot them. Let's get them off the landscape. Let's use them kind of scenario. And the fact that they brought up the Seeker Foundation and we were in the mix, I was like, damn. That, that tells you that we've grown a little, hey? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of that, you know, that, that understanding that we actually need to utilize this resource. And we're seeing a lot more of that, that narrative and that thinking happening here in New Zealand as well. You know, we've got these natural resources out there. They need management. Um, let's utilize it and feed our communities, feed our people, as well as, you know, looking after the herd and looking after the environment. So, yeah, you're on the money with what you guys are doing as well and what you've been supporting. And it's, you know, I work with those guys you support here in New Zealand, and I can tell you what, it's greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, the fact that you guys have got a venison, well, uh, I think Roy tried to get it in again this year. But you had a venison burger in with burger fuel, or it's burger fuel, right? Yep, burger fuel. It's yes. huge. Shit. Yep. 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 No, so it gains, you know, national um, significance and appreciation and coverage um, from a major food chain. Um, and they said it was one of the, you know, the fastest selling burgers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, was, it was incredibly popular, <laughs> which is, I, I, think, I think it tells us something bigger, though. You know, it was a delicious burger. We love venison. But it actually tells us this bigger story about hunters and the environment and giving back and, you know, again, utilizing the natural resource. And, yeah, I think that's the biggest story to it here. No, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I told Cam Speedy we're actually um, raising money for that Lake Taupo food bank, man. When we went and visited it and the ladies that were running the food bank and the distribution of venison through that food bank, like it was... Like when we, where we went in Taupo was rough and the people we, we met were just so appreciative, but just like that they had been forgotten, like the, the stories that I was told about those people and they were just like, you know, they, they, the guys just like lumped them over here because it's free housing. They got them out of their, their house and they get some free, some, you know, they come by and get some free food from these guys because of the food distribution program. So. If you, if you think back a couple of years when COVID was really hitting home and, you know, the, the lockdowns were on, so we did that collaborative project with the Department of Conservation, Game Animal Council, and the Fuel and Wapiti Foundation. So they did their annual harvest of um, female deer, and then we donated across the nation to food banks, and yeah. people in need 18,000 kilograms of mints. Yeah, it was crazy. And some of the incredible, but it was yeah, it was amazing. But some of the incredible stories around that, you know. So we had um, the Salvation Army, which is you know a, a charity, come back to us and said, "Look, you know how much this meat means to some people. We get people come in, and they say, if it wasn't for this meat, my child would be eating the cabbage from the cabbage soup, and I would be drinking the liquid. So Jeez. this this meat actually provides some protein for our family." Um, so just some really powerful stories like that. That just and it shows that there's there's a real need out there. You know, cost of living's going up and it's it's getting worse in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really notice it here in New Zealand. So. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. No, it's great stuff, man. And we got some great content coming for you guys. We just, I actually just finished. We put the final ribbon on Snow's Blood Origins episode, his embedded embedded yeah. episode. And it is, like I told Jack, I said, this is the best piece of work we've done. Like from an All episode, right. like the stories, like we're getting deeper and deeper into storytelling now because we're spending more time with people. And Snow is just where we filmed it and the, just him, you know, just grizzled old Snow. And it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, thank you, know, you You've been leading the charge on this, but it is actually about telling the story of who we are as a hunting sector, what mm-hmm. we do and what we contribute. Um, you know, and we've been hunters forever in the world and that's been trying to, you know, it's been eroded and it's trying to be chipped away from ideologists. Um, and we just really need to, you know, who, who are we as hunters? And I'm thinking you've been doing a great job over there at well, Origins and telling that story. And it's something that, you know, we try and actively, you know, how, how do we sell who we really are? You know, I'm a family man. I've got children. I've got dogs. I've got a job just like everyone else. And yeah, I love to go hunting. There's a sense of adventure, food on my table. I go with my friends and I hunt a lot with my father. He's 75 now, you know, and it's, that's, there's so much connection with hunting, you know, and uh-huh. you've got the spiritual angle. Like it's just, you know, you go and connect with nature. There's adventure, excitement. It's, it's, there's so many elements to it. And I think we just really need to tell that story about who we are as hunters and who we are as people. Yeah, the big the big documentary that's going to come out in New Zealand is going to be titled, I fell in love with this term, which is called Kopapa. Yep. And I was like, yep. damn, what a word. Yeah. And it's the Kopapa of literally the stalwarts in New Zealand, of Snow, of Cam, of Roy. All saying yep. the same thing without him knowing that they were saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it, and obviously we want to do more and more and more and help you as much as we possibly can. That's why we have you on the podcast, Tim Gale. Welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. Thank you, Robbie. Really um, privileged to be here, and you know we've um, kept in touch over the years. But you know it's really it's it's an honor and a privilege to be able to join you today and speak with you. So yeah, thanks for the invitation. So tell everybody that may not know who you are or what you do and who you work for. Uh, give us a little bit of yep. an intro. Yeah, no worries. So yeah, um, Tim Gale is my name. I'm the general manager of the New Zealand Game Animal Council. Um, so we are a uh, an arm of government essentially. Uh, we have an act of parliament that we work under, which is called the Game Animal Council Act 2013. Um, and so we're we're essentially an organisation that um, one of our key statutory functions is to provide advice and make recommendations to the Minister of Conservation on game animals and hunting. Um, it's also about undertaking research. It's about um, providing information and education to the hunting sector. And it's also about liaising and working with a whole lot of organisations to improve hunting opportunities. Um, so we work right across New Zealand. We're a national organisation. Um, we are funded through the Crown, so through the government. Um, and again, it's, it's about finding that balance. You know, so our vision statement is the sustainable management, game animals and hunting for recreation communities, commerce, and conservation. So we always say we walk a very fine line or a very narrow ridge trying to, you know, have all those competing balances. But, you know, we want, we want enduring outcomes. So we want healthy herds of animals in the future. But we also realize that the, the foundation of healthy animals and healthy herbs, herds is also a healthy habitat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, we're really big on, you know, promoting active game animal management in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look over... Over, over New Zealand's history, we have a, um, 
a really checkered past and it's been a really a passive management approach or a very reactive management approach. We'll say, in 20 years and 50 years, what do we actually want? What do we want to look like trying to, try to move into that proactive space? So, yeah. So I live in the, in the South Island of New Zealand, um, in a little town called Pleasant Point, a little rural community. Um, we have staff all across New Zealand and councillors all across New Zealand. Um, like I said before, I'm a family man. I've got three young children. Oldest is four and a half and the youngest is almost one. Jeez, I, I, dude, are you serious? Three yeah, kids under... Yeah, we thought, under... hey, let's just do it. Jeez. Let's do it. Let's get them all out. Um, so, yeah, we've we're, we're, we're cut, 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 the, cut the knot now. Um, so that's all done and dusted in the new year. You know, sure got two, there's, but... not, there's not a forthcoming... There's definitely not a forthcoming. I've had the operation a couple of months after the um, okay, good. After our, our youngest son was born. Look, and, I, and I run two, two Vizsla cross-heading dogs as well. So that's a big part of my hunting is, is, is using my indicating dogs. Look, I knew you were a bigger man than me, but now I know for sure that you are because you decided uh, to have three. I've only got two. I've got two savages and that was it. Like, I cannot handle it anymore. That's why I'm so great I'll now. tell you what. It is pretty hectic, um, but you know we wouldn't have it any other way. You know they're all they're three blessings, um, and you know they're toddlers and and you know little kids, and they have their moments. But you know they're awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I get them out hunting, mm-hmm. hunting. I call it. You know we take them out camping and lighting fires and cooking marshmallows, and they sit on the deck with their ten binoculars looking for deer. Cool. And they just ride. Love it. They love it. Absolutely, it's so cool. Um, so you are a government employee. Would you? Would, is that appropriate? Absolutely, I'm a government employee. So yeah, I, I work for you know I'm a public servant. Um, so you know I work I work for the hunting sector essentially. So then, yeah. if the game so the game animal council is a government organisation, a government agency. Who do you report to in the government? So we report to the Minister of Conservation, and the Department of Conservation also reports to the Minister of Conservation. So is the Minister of Conservation was that was that? Eugenie Sage. Yes. So I've been in this role, uh, I think this is my fourth year now. Um, I was the first. Yeah. So one of my dreams was always on to be the, the, the first CEO of a hunting organization in New Zealand okay. to achieve that goal. So I was the first, the first employee um, of the Game Animal Council, full-time employee, um, came in as a general manager role. Um, so yeah, four years ago when I started that role, Eugenie Sage um, was the Minister of Conservation then, and that's when the you know Tarmageddon happened. Yep. And so that was pretty much in my first year. We had to navigate through that situation, um, and then we've had probably another four or five ministers of conservation since then. Um, some good, some bad. Um, so yeah, we- Kiri was awesome. Yeah, Kiri was absolutely awesome. You know, she got it. Um, she comes from. Did too good of a job. Oh, she did a fantastic job. Eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, got, she, she did too good a job. She got, got pulled, exactly. Um, but no, we've been through some um, some really challenging times as a country and as a hunting sector here in New Zealand. Um, and, you know, our, our aim and how we work our value, values and our principles is just about being constructive, trying to, you know, be solution-focused, get some good outcomes. Um, and, you know, you utilise the science and that where possible because, again, we're pretty pretty light as a country in, in scientific knowledge regarding game metal management. It's a pretty new concept here in New Zealand. And like you said, it's something that Roy, Cam, um, and those guys have been pushing for absolute mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really lean on those guys' experience um, and I look up to them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was, it was pretty cool, actually. So we just recently did a study on um, looking at the impacts of ungulates and carbon. So it's a big topic here in New Zealand. 
Um, and it was cool. I, I got to employ some of the, um, or contract some of the, the chief scientists that I studied when I was at university. And I mean, that was such an honor That's for cool. me, right? Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. These guys I looked up to, I idolized. And then, you know, coming into my role now, I go, hey, we well, need to utilize your special set of skills. And so we can actually bring that science didn't that, knowledge. Didn't, and that, that, didn't that study just drop that there was really yeah, no impact, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, and it essentially says, and, and most forest types in New Zealand don't manage for, for carbon gains, manage for biodiversity. Yeah. So they did a, a synopsis across all the, or a peer review across all the literature in New Zealand regarding carbon and ungulates. Um, we wanted to know what the facts were. We want our government to make good decisions. Um, that, is, that is founded on science. And it's essentially said, don't manage for carbon um, benefits, um, manage for biodiversity. In some places, like certain forest types, like a Kamahi forest type, um, or where there's, um, there's been slips or big you know, events, then you can manage for that carbon. But generally, you're throwing your money away, essentially. So yeah, so it, it confirmed what we sort of we we thought we know, but we we wanted to to fact check it. Something you're big on. What does the science say about this? What does the evidence say? And we really want that. We want our government to make, you know, financially prudent decisions that are good for the people, but it's also good for the environment. Mm -hmm. And that's that's that that research. Mm -hmm. So is the Game Animal Council? Would you say the Game Animal Council? I didn't hear it in your mission statement, but is the Game Animal Council? Pro hunting, absolutely, absolutely pro hunting. So, how does that yeah, then play? I'm going to take it one step further. How does then that play when you have a a department that you you report to that at some stages of its life is not pro hunting? Yeah, and that's a good question. So we have the minister. We have the Game Animal Council and the department. So we both report to the same minister. Obviously, we work in the same space. So that can become quite complex about navigating those situations. But at the end of the day, it's understanding what the legislation says and working within that. It's understanding what the policy says and working within that. And then it's actually sitting around the table with the different stakeholders. What do we want? What, how can we all benefit or what is what's going to work for all of us, and that's the approach. So there are some tricky moments and some things we don't agree on, um, but, you know, we've got really good relationships, and that's something we've been really pushing for the last years is have good relationships with the department because, um, you know, we frame it, they are essentially our landlord. All the, all, the, all the work or the animals, they live on public conservation land or private land, and that is administered and managed by the Department of Conservation. So you got to look after your house if you're renting a house, right? And so that's 100%. what we're trying to do with our game animals and our herds. Yeah, and you're... So, yeah, absolutely, throw hunting. Um, yeah, and then, you know, you balance it with the environment as well. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've been a lifelong hunter, recreation, commercial, um, contract hunter. And now, you're in, and now you're in politics. And now I'm in that. Yeah. <laughs> it's one way to put it. Someone said, oh, Tim, you're, um, you're probably New Zealand's first hunting diplomat or full-time hunting <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a good way to that's a good way to phrase it. Well, what you just just the way that you responded to my question was very uh, politically diplomatic. I ha I have to be Robbie because I'm not sure who's going to listen to this one day. So, <laughs> um, 
A lot and of people. It's all well, about building relationships and not burning bridges. 100%. You know, for all long-term enduring outcomes, we have to. And, it, you know, that's hard. As, as humans, we all falter and we get angry and we get upset and we want to lash out. But you just got to check yourself and say, right, how do we work through this? How do we progress this going forward? 100%. And so the, one, of the, one of the things that, uh, well, the thing that I reached out to you about for having this podcast was essentially to that point is sort of changing narratives, changing perceptions. How do we like communicate who we are, what we do, how we do it better? And you guys essentially have just created something that allows the hunting public in New Zealand to access a platform that is very much for them, how to be better stewards, how to be better hunters, right? Yeah. Yep. So we've just created a, um, an online hunter safety and education training program. We've called it Better Hunting. And so it's, it's developed by New Zealand hunters for New Zealand hunters. Why did, you think so like you, why did you think you needed something like that? Because there's nothing in that space. <laughs> so what, what we've realized is, so my father has been a, um, a hunt instructor for the, for the New Zealand Deer Stalks Association for a long time. And he said, what he's noticing over the last 10 years, we're getting a lot, of, a lot more immigrants that have never hunted, that are really interested in hunting. Well, we've got, you know, that farm or that ur- urban-rural divide. And so those people aren't necessarily, they don't have an uncle or a brother or a father who knows about hunting. And so where are they getting their information from? Hmm. I mean, if you want to become a hunter before... YouTube University. YouTube University, Facebook University. And we're like, well... You know, that, that goes down all these little rabbit holes and we think, hey, we actually need a, a, um, a platform and, a, and a, you know, a pathway of learning that's been developed for New Zealand hunters, by New Zealand hunters, by the experts. Um, so we've pulled and we've worked enough over 24 different organizations to pull this platform together and, and, and make it, you know, in a, in a hunter-centric approach. So a lot of your safety information and your how-to things are not for hunters, they're for hikers or trampers or kayakers or other outdoor enthusiasts and we said look there's, there's a massive gap here um the other thing is that the the practical hunts training in new zealand only services a very small percentage of the hunting community um just because it's run by volunteers and so there's this big gap from getting your firearms license to actually getting your boots on the ground and going hunting and that's where better hunting really fits in has uh, what has the reaction been in New Zealand? Because you just released it, right? About a week ago, two weeks ago. It's been phenomenal. Like it's just been, it's been so great. So I mean, you know, I guess we've had a really um, iterative and you know collaborative process with all these organisations. We've had a lot of feedback from them. You know, we've got some of the, the you know the big names in New Zealand hunting, like the Dooleys, um, and they just said this is fantastic. Dot said this is great. Um, we had experts look at it, then we put it out to, to um, new hunters that wanted to learn how to hunt. And we said, you know, fact check this. Does this ask some of the questions you need to know? And the, res- the, the feedback has just been phenomenal. It's just been overwhelmingly supportive. So, I mean, we're just we're blown away. We've got an awesome developer who at the time, he had just completed his practical training hunting course, never shot an animal. He was an e-learning expert of 15 years, and he goes, man, this sounds like the job for me, developing an online hunting training program 
was something I'm just getting into. I'm passionate. Yeah. So I had the e-learning teaching skills. New Hunter, he goes, he knows the right answers and what the information he's looking for. So he, he built it. So it's, yeah. And then just, you know, utilize the, um, the knowledge of the Game Animal Council and, and the rest of the sector, so to speak. So, so does it step through a new hunter through just a various, like, is there, is it a course? Do they pick different modules? What does a new hunter do when they get into this platform? Yeah. So I'm better hunting. Um, so there's 28 different modules and that's broken into, um, two, two main components. So the first main component is firearms essential essentials and then the second component is hunter essentials and so that steps through things such as navigation weather forecasting um, hunt planning um, we've got outdoor safety firearm safety techniques game animal management principles um, harvesting mahingakai like you know butchering animal there's just so many things and there's still a lot we still want to develop but that's the beauty of online learning right you can keep adding modules in that so so do you have like a video of somebody butchering a pig or butchering a stag and they they go through it and you can watch it on the platform yep there's all that sort of stuff and so we don't actually have to recreate you know we why re- why why reinvent the wheel when there's already a lot of good things? So that's 100%. why we work with so many organisations. We've just said, right, that's the best. Let's pull that. That's the best. Let's pull that and put that hunter learnings. We've made a nice a nice um, flowing course. Um, what we really designed when we we're doing better hunting was we said, you know, Robbie, you might just be interested in learning how to sharpen your knife or what knife to choose. So you can just go into that module, do it interact with that you have to complete a quiz or answer a number of questions and then you can complete that quiz pull out and go oh today i'm interested in learning about how to hunt red deer so i'm going to go learn how to hunt red deer um so you can do it you can dip and dive go where you want or you can do the whole thing and then you'll get a certification of completion at the end so we've tried to make it as user friendly um not not onerous um you know if you you know driving to on the train to work or something in the morning you can just do a module or you can you know sitting watching TV and the commercials come up and you do a module, it's, um, yeah, they've is made it, it really is free, it free and easy. Well, is it a free platform? Absolutely free. So it's a public good. Yeah. So we want, we want more hunters to be out there. We want more hunters to be safe and successful, to know good game animal management principles and to understand their role in conservation and, you know, the whole game animal management space, ethical hunting, all that sort of stuff, yeah. cultural aspects of it. I mean, we've, it's all in there. I wonder how the platform can be used or leveraged or you know, leverage is probably the best term here to, again, counter narratives, counter rhetoric around, hey, these guys are just, you know, wild yahoos going out there. They just have no respect for animals. They have no respect for the wildlife, the, the land, what nonsense. They're just. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's a good question. I think that's. Again, I think that's a wider question than, you know, how do you leverage the platform is one thing. That's a really good question. I, I don't have the answer for that right now, but the, I think working with a lot of different organizations and they actually understand, oh, you're just a normal person. You want ethical harvest and you do give back to this and you donate X number of kilos to the, to the, to the community every year. And, you know, you're a, you're not just a, you know, drinking beers and, smoking yeah. cigarettes and shooting guns at road signs, you know, oh, there's, there's actually a lot more to it. Um, and that's, yeah, so that's, and I think that's, that's why we want, we want hunting to be more accessible to more people. 
Um, because once you go hunting, you know, something in, something inside of you shifts and you're like, wow, this is a pretty, you need to know a lot of information. And it's not just go out and find a deer and, you know, start press, start pulling the trigger. There's, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into mm-hmm. it. Um, so how do we get more people hunting? What is the, what is the demographic of hunters in New Zealand look like over say in the last 10 years, have you been seeing just like the US a decrease in the number of hunters or do you, cause you don't really have licenses there. So how would you even like, how do you keep track of that? Good question. Good question. So there's a number of different ways. So back in, um, so there's been a number of studies over time. There was one by the mountain safety council, who is a, an outdoor safety um, organization here in New Zealand. Um, the Game Animal Council um, and one of our contractors did some work through a university back in 2014 um, looking at um, hunter dem- demographics, how many animals they harvest, when do they go out, all that sort of thing. So, And then we've also got the um, Department of Conservation permitting system. So when you go into some public co- public conservation land, you have to get a permit. Yep. It's free. Yep. It's essentially just a, a legal mechanism to say you're allowed a, a weapon which could be a knife, a bow, a crossbow, a firearm, onto that land. Yep. And so they take numbers from that as well. Um, so what, what we're actually seeing at the moment is the permit numbers are going down, but then if you look at, you go anywhere in the rut or at the popular hunting times, there is so many more hunters out there. The sporting shops are increasing their sales. Um, you look at the social media groups, everywhere like that is hunting we believe that hunting is expanding in New Zealand. Um, so we've got about 85% male, 15% female hunters. We're seeing an increase in, um, in women hunters, or wahine is the Māori term for women hunters here in New Zealand. We're seeing a massive increase in that. Um, and so, yeah, so that 2014 study, you know, worked out there was probably, or in that Mountain Safety Council study, there was between, 50 and 80,000 hunters that's big game hunters um and then you've got about 200,000 hunters of all types that's that's small game that's birds that's big game and then you've got around 240,000 firearms licenses what's that so as the percentage of the new zealand population now uh, what are we sitting at about five million okay so whatever the, whatever so the around five percent five six percent so there's so, yeah, no talk not... in the New Zealand landscape. One of the biggest topics that'll never go away and it's going to be forever talked about in America is this. So we have the R3 movement, recruit, reactivate, retain. And yep. there's a big push for that. But there's also a big counter to that to say, we don't need any more hunters. We've got plenty. Things of places are full. You can't go, you know, people are getting more wise. There's lots of different apps. There's all sorts of things. What's the, what's the rhetoric and narrative in New Zealand? Probably the current narrative is, is, is we still want more hunters, right? So, and again, there's some different things happening at play here. So we've just been through a whole um, change in our firearms legislation. And that's actually making it arguably harder to get firearms. Um, and what, what we're probably projecting is going to happen is you will have a, a drop-off of hunters as well. There's also an age demographic in them. So they were hunting when they are younger, we're getting older, mm-hmm. we don't have that new recruitment coming up. Um, so the, 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 the narrative is probably we still want more hunters, and that's the Department of Conservation will say that. Um, they, you know, hunters are one of the most significant users 
on in our back country here in New Zealand. Um, and so that needs to be recognised. Um, I do think we've, we definitely do have challenges with recruiting those new hunters. Um, and we, we are aware of the three R's. We haven't implemented anything um, such as that yet. Um, but again, you know, we follow what happens overseas and around the world and, you know, different. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, it's in our thinking, but it's not something we've done yet. So, yeah, the narrative essentially is we want more hunters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, better hunting is, is, is really going after that because, you, as you mentioned, you've got a, a big immigrant population coming into New Zealand that didn't traditionally hunt or don't have people in their family or in their, in their smaller circles that can give them the direction, give them the wisdom, give them the information that they need to, to hunt. And better hunting is that, that opportunity for them to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're, you know, if you don't know anybody, you know, and you, and you don't know where to start, you can go, hey, there's this authoritative, I guess, um, you know, training platform, and I can go and explore it. Hey, do I like the look of this, or is this something I can see myself doing? And then you know, you can you can do the course, and then you can take the next steps, and you know, meet some people, or or go to one of your local hunting organisations, and then do some practical training. So it's it's really, um, yeah, it's designed of that. Another interesting story, Robbie. So, a couple of weeks ago, or probably a month ago now, one of the um, New Zealand hunting magazines they put out a post onto a, a tramper or a hiker page, Facebook page. They said, "Hey, if you're looking at, you know, you've, have you ever thought about hunting when you're out hiking? Um, would you be keen on doing a two-day um, hunting trip? You know, we'll teach you what to do and just, you know, give some of the foundations." They had over 500 responses. Just like that, saying yes, from saying we would love to. Holy what smokes. do we do? So there's so much demand here in New Zealand for hunters, um, and for hunters, people wanting to learn how to hunt. And better hunting is one educational training avenue to help satisfy that demand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's never going to replace practical training, as you know. Hunting is a boots on the ground sort of an activity. You got to be out there in the hills and the woods and you know, actually doing it, but um, it's it's again, how do we educate and expose more people to hunting, and you know, give them the, the right tools and the right direction and the right thinking um, from best practice, um, you know, that they can that they can lean on and utilize, and then hopefully they get out there, they're safe, but they're also successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you, don't, you know, you go hunting for so many years and you don't get anything. You say, uh, maybe maybe I'll stick to um, chess or checkers or right. something like that. <laughs> uh, do you said they get a certificate or something through better hunting what what is the incentive for someone obvious barring the obvious right barring you're getting knowledge to be able to go hunt but is there do they get something at the end of going through all the modules so yeah currently it's a certification of of completion to say we've done better hunting um, at the moment, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It doesn't give you any landowner privileges or access to anywhere. Um, we've been looking into New Zealand qualifications. So, you know, if people want to get into it, um, they can get New Zealand qualifications in hunting and game animal management um, and that sort of thing as part of, you know, as a, you know, let's say you want to be a pest controller. Yeah. Um, it, might, could, it could help you on your course to be doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of ideas floating around, but at the moment, it's just about a yeah. Cool. There's there's, there's no, I have to do this course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, the thing that popped into my brain is there's a there's and there's lots of these around the world, but in Montana they have a master hunter program, 
and you go through the Master Hunter program, it's, it's quite extensive, talks about ethics, it talks about all sorts of things. And at the end of the Master Hunter program, once you get certified, the Master Hunter program, just like potentially better hunting, has then a cadre of private landowners that says, because you are now a Master Hunter, you get put into either a, whether it's a lottery or um, have access to the property. Obviously, it, it's all limited based on op opportunity to be able to hunt. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good concept because then the the farmers or the landowners know that you know this person has done training A B C D. Um, you know they they know these certain things about ethics and closing gates and exactly. looking after management and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's come across. Um, I guess we haven't delved into it too much. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things, you know, you don't want, we don't want too many more or too many barriers to get into hunting. Sure. Um, I think there is a natural marriage there, though. So what we've got in New Zealand, again, we've got these private landowners. Some of them have, you know, deer, goats, pigs on their property. They want, they want these animals to be managed. Yep. Um, and they're like, well, who do we contact and how do we trust you? Um, so again, better hunting could fit into that space. Hundred percent. If, if that's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other avenue that master, the Master Hunter program has, they've got these. They've got landowners that are like, yes, you can come hunt on my property. Here's a lottery system. They have other landowners yeah. that say, come work on my property. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Come, come take, and get some firewood. Cut yeah. some firewood. Help us remove fencing. You know, put some erosion stuff up. Then you can hunt. And I, I've got I've got friends and and you know that that do exactly that same approach. And so they'll come and you cut firewood and give me X number of cubic meters of firewood, and you can have X number of hunts. <laughs> and it's, it's a win-win situation. I, I want to kill and hunt your pigs, and I want some firewood. Okay, how do we make this work? And that's perfect. what it's about. Perfect, it's great. perfect, perfect. <laughs> well, one of the things that I talked to you, I didn't allude to you on email, but. I would be willing, you know, I know, and it's pretty, it'd be pretty cool. You've got 24 organizations. I'd love Blood Origins to be a 25th organization that if we, if you wanted what we could do, and I think this is the reason why I started Blood Origins is that when somebody is new into hunting and they're trying to communicate like why they hunt, that's why we started Blood Origins was to communicate Little. people's stories of why they hunted from all around the world. And so if you want a module about why people oh, hunt. Oh, man, that'd be, that'd be cool. And so you, all you would, and you could have our library. Just We've got 78 bloody stories right now, 79 God, coming God. with snow. Um, but I'd love, that would be awesome. Uh, to me, that, that would yeah. be like even a, a, a pinnacle for us, right? That we're being used yeah. in a New Zealand government agency program for better hunting. Wow. Couldn't get him yet. Oh, that, that would be powerful. I mean, you know, I always think of those, you know, I listen to your podcast and I donate to you monthly and that because I really do support what you guys do over there, what you do in particular. And, um, and you know, I always ask that question, you know, why do I hunt? And it's, yeah, it's multifaceted, isn't it? Multifaceted. you'll be discovering. You know, mine's, mine's freedom, sense of adventure. It's, you know, escaping, it's escaping the general hub of life. You know, it's it's putting meat on my family's table, but it's also... It's pursuing, you know, I want to shoot, you know, big stags and that sort of thing. There's a whole range of factors. Man, taking my kids out, that's a new one, right? So, right. You know, getting them exposed to it, it's... That's why we it's do such it. A, it's, 
Oh man, it's yeah, hunting. You know, I've been a hunter right since I was a little kid. Um, you Your know, dad was a big hunter. Oh, he used to be a professional hunter here in New Zealand, so he was one of the first professional ground hunters. Um, you know, so when they used to shoot deer and then sell them to the market in Germany, and then he went on to become um, doing live capture. So he wasn't from a helicopter, but he was a ground base using a dart gun and an indicating dog, and then sneak into these deer. He'd dart them with a tranquilizer dart. He'd put a blindfold around them. He'd walk. He'd walk them out through the bush. And then they had live capture traps around the huts and they'd keep them. Then the plane would come in, take this this deer out. And, you know, that was worth three to six thousand dollars back in the in the eighties, which is, you know, phenomenal money now. He said I could make more in one day than like government work would make in a month doing that. And he just loved it. So he's so he he brought me right up, you know, right from I used to go out on the back of the motorbike and go and check those deer tra- deer traps and that with them. And you know, I remember when I was a little kid, you know. Going out rabbit shooting, you know, holding the bunny, mm-hmm. wandering along behind him, and then you know we progressed, and he taught me everything I know now, and yeah, hopefully I taught him a few tricks as well. But uh, no, he's 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 a great man, and he's seventy five. I still go out hunting with him all the time. Just last weekend I was out hunting with man, him. Man, that's amazing. She got a hind, and you know most seventy five year olds can't go hunting, so I'm I'm really privileged in that sense. Oh, you're just privileged to be in New Zealand, man. It's just like a freaking hunting. It's a hunter's mecca, man. You've got. And and people have, I'll tell you, and you're not probably not surprised, I've been blasted by New Zealanders because we put out a whole big New Zealand series on Go Hunt New Zealand because it's going to cost you nothing or it's going to cost you 50 grand. You decide. Good. It depends on your wallet. But there's no seasons. There's no limits. There's, have, what's the total of game animals that you can hunt in New Zealand? 12? So we've got seven deer species. Um, we've got pigs, tar, shemi, wallabies, rabbits, hares, Canada geese, mallard ducks, paradise shell ducks. Um, yeah, that's like twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of hunting options. We've got dog. Yeah, some of the world's best fishing as well. Feral like cows, as I understand. Feral cows. Yeah, there's there's wild cattle <laughs> out there. Yeah, those are pretty pretty daunting. I told, I told um, Sam Gibson, I was like, I want to, um, I want to kill a feral cow. <laughs> I've shot one when I was working on a, on a backcountry station, and this big ball came out, so I, I shot him, and I've got the skin on our lounge floor now. That's yeah, cool. It's a cool hunt. You should come and do it. I just, uh, I'm into. I've got this thing about buffalo. I just want to kill like the, with a four sixteen Rigby open sights. That's what I want yep. to do. So get up close yep. and personal. You do your job or they do theirs. So yeah. Tim Gale, thank let you, man. Winner, let the winner be decided on the day. Exactly. 100%. 100%. Man, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, short shot to the point, what we like to do. Um, where can people find better hunting? Let people know. Yeah, really easy. So just Google better hunting. We'll go on to www betterhunting.nz um, You've got the SEO up. already? The what, sorry? I'm checking your SEO right now. Hunt oh, better. Oh, SEO. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that's, that's uh, is that up and going yet? No, nah, we've got to get it. I don't see you in the top yet. We're going to have to get you in the top. Someone, we've got someone working on it at the moment. There um, you are. Look, you you're, from, you're one, you two, three, four, five. 
seven. You're seven down in Google in oh, the United States get, already. We need to get that up there. Yeah, so if I Google it from my Google, it comes straight on top of all the time. But, you know, we're, we're getting some um, an SEO expert onto that to get it up there. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> well, Tim, pleasure, dude. Always a pleasure. And uh, let's stay in touch, man. Any, um, any controversy that comes out in New Zealand that you want to talk about or put it on a global platform? This is available, okay? Yeah, thank you, Robbie. Really do appreciate that and appreciate your time. And, um, you know, just keep up the good work that you're doing. You know, like I said, big supporter of what you guys do. Um, and I think, you know, you really have led the charge in the last few years. Um, and I know it's, it's not easy and it's quite often a thankless task. So just, you know, take heart that you are doing an amazing job on an international scale. Um, I just really want to appreciate that and just, just acknowledge that work. So, yeah, thank you for your time and thank you for the invite today. Thank you, my man. Well, that's it for today. Appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.